everyone welcome back to line breaker sports the podcast i'm game day greg alongside benny buckets we are here for episode nine and it is a big one folks it's a first for us we have a very very special guest uh joining us a little bit later in the show uh you'll get to be able to hear that interview but before we get started here benny buckets how are you doing today well we're good we're good it's uh Finally, uh, as we always, uh, we do the pre-soccer talk before the actual soccer talk here. When you ask how I'm doing, that's how that's how we roll. But uh, we finally get the domestic leagues back. We we did not give out any picks on the on the weekend here. Uh, you had two most teams in Europe there played two Euro qualification matches for Euro 2024. Uh, I believe I went uh, five uh, five zero oh, and one, meaning I had five outright winners and. I hit one hedge on a tie there, so on a draw. So it was uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but we did not give that out. So from, from the uh, the the Breaker Nation, I guess it doesn't really count. It's uh, like a tree fell in the forest. If no one was around to see it, it actually happened. So that's, that's right. Uh, that's as if that's basically what my picks did. Uh, so from, from another successful standpoint. week, nonetheless. Uh, another another fruitful week. Uh, definitely, definitely, soccer has been my bread and butter here since. Uh, since the World Cup ended, it has been my bread and butter from a profitability standpoint, from a sports wagering perspective. But uh, so, uh, but this week we are back. We have full slate of games. Yeah, actually, we have more games. We have to make up some games because of the international break. There will be games made up not only this weekend, but we'll have games, many games next week uh, in all domestic leagues. The, the <laughs> He's Serie smiling here, folks, with a smile. You're your, your Serie A, Premier League, the German Bundesliga, the uh, the Dutch Arrivederci, also known as the Dutch Bundesliga. So we are we are going to be full bore here on soccer, folks. There are no more international breaks. The only postponements of games left will be if there is a somebody in a domestic league competition. Uh, or tournament like the FA Cup or the Champions League or Europa League, a European competition. So there is uh, there is a, a soccer abound. We uh, we're going late this year. Typically, the domestic leagues wrap up uh, beginning of May, usually the first or second week of May. Mother's Day in the U.S. is generally the last day of these domestic leagues. But this year, because of the uh, because of the international break for the qualifiers, and then also. Because of the World Cup, we are going to be going to June in some of the domestic leagues, as a matter of fact. And the Champions wow. League, which is usually played Memorial Day weekend, has been pushed back three weeks to June 10th. So there is going to be So your soccer. TV is going to basically stay on until June 10th. I am going to need, know, I'm going to need additional screens here, sir. I'm going to have to go out and purchase one TV and one laptop or screen or not two screens will not be enough, sir. We were going to have to we're going to have to we're going to have to, we need to add more screens. More screens. Okay. More screens. More screens. My my condo is going to start looking like a sports book with uh, the amount of screens I'm going to have here. It's, and antennas yeah. and you know, the yes, Wi-Fi situation may be a little slow with the we amount may, of screens. We may break. So. We may break the Wi-Fi. Yes, we may break the Wi-Fi. Not only line we're, breakers, we're Wi-Fi breakers too. Yes. Perfect. So, but uh, we are looking forward to that. But uh, there you go. There's All plenty right. of actually going on domestically, of course, but not nearly as interesting as the the happenings about about and uh, and across the pond uh, in Europe. So. Perfect. Well, thank you, Benny Buckets, again for the soccer update. As I ask how you are doing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's, this how, show, that's how I'm doing. I'm doing. That, I'm, that's, I, I, that's I, fair. Doing, I will go into. You do as like, soccer does. Yes, I will. So. I, I do. I. I. My. I go as soccer goes. Like I. I, I go as the. You know, some people say they, their mood changes at the direction of the wind. My mood changes at, at the amount of soccer that is uh, that is uh, on the docket. 
And I, as you could probably notice, that once the Champions League comes and goes in June, uh, it will be a very depressing couple of months before the domestic leagues restart there in mid, mid-August. So from, from mid-June to mid-August, it will be a, a very sad time for me. Well, our, you're, you will be in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate the right. sentiments. Absolutely. So we will cover March Madness, uh, folks. Uh, we'll break down what occurred in the Elite Eight matchups, and we'll also discuss how our brackets are doing. And uh, we'll also give you our finals matchup, or updated finals matchup, uh, with the teams remaining here. I'll give an update on my college baseball betting challenge, uh, just a quick update for you guys. And then we will have our uh, interview uh, with David Bierman, the ESPN, or the deputy editor of sports betting at ESPN. Um, that'll be something that <laughs> you don't want to miss. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, very grateful that he gave us the time. And then, uh, yeah, we'll do some NBA talk after that. Uh, we'll do it a little bit the same way that we did the NHL. Uh, we'll kind of discuss the play-in games, uh, who who may be in, who may be out there as the season winds down. And then, of course, everyone's favorite segment as we wrap up the show, Soccer Talk. Benny Buckets will have all the soccer good stuff uh, for you soccer folks. So then I will chime in with my hum- soccer humor. So, uh, well, we certainly have a fun show uh, planned for you guys. But, yeah, Benny, do you have anything to add to that? No, that's it. I, uh, I appreciate the thought. And uh, thank you very much for, for for talking about Soccer Talk, my favorite segment. I think everyone's favorite segment of the show. Backed by popular demand, of course. So, very good. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. March Madness. Betty, why don't you why don't you highlight some of the matchups uh, that have been – going on this past week here yeah so i did watch i i you know i would say this side this is a personal opinion personal opinion this is not approvable everyone's going to have a different perspective on this but uh from my standpoint the two best tournaments in all of american sport because we are not going to include uh soccer it's a totally separate category with the champions league and europa league we have to as much as it pains me to exclude we were going to exclude for the sake of this conversation the thank two you, best tournaments. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I begrudgingly do it. I begrudgingly do it, but that's okay. Uh, the two best tournaments are, you know, at least in my opinion, are March Madness and the NHL playoffs, folks. These are the best uh, postseasons, I guess you could say, in my opinion. Uh, the level of excitement, the unpredictability nature, and that has especially been exemplified this year where. There are no one, two, or three seeds in the final four. No one, two, or three. Meaning, right. the top, essentially, the top 12 seeded teams in the tournament are all out. I believe UConn was actually the top number four seed. So the 13th, the 13th seeded team is actually in. But um, so it, it's been very entertaining, very interesting. Um, probably from a wagering perspective, because generally, especially in tournament where many more people bet on college basketball than they do the rest of the year combined. Um, Probably not great for for the public because people generally like to bet on teams they know or have heard of before and and bet on favorites. So from that standpoint, probably not a great. I don't know what the handle is or what the the hold rate for sports books is on March Madness this year, but I would imagine it's definitely higher than in previous years because of the amount of upsets and the unpredictability. But um, but what we are left with is uh, Florida Atlantic and. Um, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. San Diego State is opening up right now. It opened up as a two-point favorite. Some books still have it at two. Some books have seen them one and a half. 
depends where you're looking, but San Diego State's still the favorite. On the other side, uh, UConn is playing. Uh, who's who's UConn playing? What's up? Drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. Oh, Miami. Thank you. The University of Miami, Florida. So there's no confusion. Not the Miami of Ohio. The, not not Ben Roethlisberger old school. But University of Miami was not even in this tournament. So uh, oh, the Miami Ohio was not. Yes, yes. Well, we that, that's to, we yes. Class, there could be confusion. I mean, there are many. There could people, be. There are that's many right. people in Miami, Ohio, who who may you know who. Who, who are listening to the program? I'm sure. So, so <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> we, we, the, we got. We got to give the Red Hawks their due. Okay, give the Red Hawks yes. their due. But uh, uh, oh, very nice. Yes, yes. I know the nickname. I know they're they're in the same conference as my alma mater, the Buffalo Bulls. So I must uh, must be aware of all 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 nicknames of all other Mac schools. Well, actually, I'm not, but I know I happen to know that one for whatever reason. But anyway, uh, the Hurricanes of Miami of Florida. Uh, not of Ohio of the Red Hawk uh, variety uh, playing uh, playing UConn. Um, that is a very interesting matchup. Uh, that is, uh, I believe, UConn's fair by five and a half. I think it opened up at four and a half or five, and now it's moved up about a point or a half point, depending where you're looking. Five and a half. Five yep. and a half. Yes, it's moved up a half point to a point, depending depending on where where you where where what book you looked at when it opened up. So uh, that's an interesting game. Uh, clearly, clearly, UConn is the favorite. Uh, they're the team with the most talent, the team with the most pedigree, um, and they probably should win. But every it time you think something, every time you think something should happen in this tournament, usually the opposite happens. Folks. Right, so. and I do believe their top three players are going to be fasting during this game uh, due to them celebrating Ramadan. Uh, oh, did you hear no, that? Not aware did you hear that storyline? Yeah, yeah, so apparently okay. UConn's top uh, three players. Like Dama Sinogo. Yeah, Sinogo. Um, then I would have to look up the other two. Oh. So, uh, but yeah, they're, we'll, we'll see. Right, UConn is so deep. The way they handled Gonzaga, <laughs> like I, I don't think anyone necessarily saw that coming, uh, that, that shellacking coming. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I like UConn to take it all. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I would say I would say But you never I, know with this tournament. I would look out though. I'll say this. I think it could be very interesting. I I have always been a big supporter. I so the Mountain West to me is one of the most underrated conferences in in all of college basketball. This year they actually had a better net ranking than the ACC. Most people don't know that. Uh but they were a better conference overall than the ACC, which is considered one of the power. And, and traditionally it's generally been the Big East. Traditionally, the Big East and the ACC have been the best conferences. This year, the ACC was down, and the, the big, big West, the, the Big West, the, the Mountain West. Excuse me, not the Big West, not Montana State. As much as we love the those, Big Mountain, because the, the Big Mountain West, the Big Mountain West. Yes, as much as we love our friends in Montana State, we're talking about the conference with uh, San Diego State and Utah State. I believe. I believe we gave you Utah State as a long. Who's time. we? Who's we? Uh, I don't know if we gave you Utah State. I, I gave you Utah State as a long, go. long future at plus three, uh, plus thirty thousand. That did not work out. They did not win a game. But uh, be that as it may, uh, I, I I think San Diego State could cause some problems, and the reason is because they rebound well. They're the best defensive team in the nation. They are the they are the best defense. They're one of the not maybe the best, but they're one of the top. I would say one of the top three. At least left in the bracket. Less in the brass, certainly left in the bracket. Certainly left in the tournament. They're the best defense. UConn's very good too. They held 
Gonzaga to what, 53, 54 points? 54, which I think. Is pretty yeah. impressive. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely like I definitely like UConn, but I would not be shocked if San Diego State won. I, as a matter of fact, I already put on a wager, put in a wager when it opened up at I got San Diego State minus two, minus one oh six. And I do think they will be Florida Atlantic. They're a more physical team than Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, I think, might even have more skill, but they're a more physical team and they're a much better defensive team than Florida Atlantic. So yeah. I like I like I like San Diego State in that game. In terms of the other game, yeah, you got to go with UConn. I mean, all due respect to Miami, and they can score a lot of points, but they're not a great they're not a great defensive team. UConn is a great defensive team, and they have the one big Norchad Omir, who is who's had a great tournament. But um, UConn can counter with both uh, Adama Sinogo and Klingon, who's the backup. They've got two bigs, probably both better than than Omir. Uh, so. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta like you gotta like UConn. The only thing I would say that could be problematic for UConn is that they are not a great shooting team, and Miami is a great shooting team from the perimeter. So mm-hmm. if UConn struggles from the perimeter or struggles shooting, you know, isn't able to get to the rim and has to rely on jump shooting, and they're not hitting their shots, that definitely gives an, leaves an opportunity for Miami to come in and, and steal the game and, and and perpetrate the you know perpetuate. Perpetuate, perpetuate the upset a little confusion with the words there a little a little word salad there uh that's okay no that's, no, cru, no croutons included that's bound way. to happen that's bound to happen at some no, point no so no croutons uh, with the word salad folks no croutons we're, we're on a non-carb diet here but uh uh you know there you go yeah so but uh so i yeah so, so I we're like in agreement yeah we like uconn and that. i would say uconn i would say uconn probably will beat san diego state but i would not be shocked i would not be shocked if san diego state won the whole thing we're in agreement. Nope. You, you you laid that out perfectly. Uh, UConn versus San Diego State in the uh, championship matchup there. Very Perfect. Good. Did anything else stand out to you in the Elite Eight? Uh, uh, I think on our picks, we did get some picks last week. I went, I think, I, right. I believe I went two and one uh, just for transparency here. Uh, I did give, uh, I gave you Princeton Creighton over the points. I think Game Day Great gave you that game as well. That was yes. an absolute blowout winner. That went over by 20-ish, I believe, or around 20, 20 points or something of that nature. Uh, I think the total was 140 or 141. and it came, Or what? No, whatever. It was in the low to mid-140s, and it came in at 161. So that was a blowout winner. And then I also gave you Xavier, Texas, which was 148 to 149, depending when you got it. That came in at 154. And then I did give you the loser was Gonzaga, UConn. The total on that was 153. And Gonzaga basically didn't show up. Yeah, then I points. then I went one and one. I gave out two picks. Benny Buckets has to give one more pick than I. That's okay. Uh, the <laughs> listeners know by now. Uh, but yes. Well, when you give seven soccer picks on a daily, on a regular, on a weekly basis here on the podcast, I can't just give two college basketball. That's picks. right. That's right. That's fair. Uh, so we, that's right. I was on him with uh, the over in the Creighton Princeton 141. But unfortunately, the loser was Xavier plus four against Texas. Xavier oh, okay. could not hold Texas's jump strap in that game. Yeah. Um, Texas was just the more dominant team uh, on the glass, uh, sh- even shooting wise, uh, which I didn't think was going to be the case. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it happens. So we, we move on. Correct. Correct. Perfect. Okay. So the college baseball betting challenge update is simply this. It starts April 1. 
there needs to be there needs to be some research done before I go into it. And then also, I guess the other update would be I'm only using college baseball bets to get there as well. I'm not going to be sprinkling in NBA locks or NHL locks or or Ben's soccer locks that he texts me at the uh, the waking hours of the morning. So uh, yeah, so it'll just be baseball plays. So all right, folks, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Um, here is the David Bierman interview. Hello, everyone. We have a very special guest joining the show. Our first guest at Linebreaker Sports. We have David Bierman, the deputy editor of sports betting at ESPN. Uh, David, how are you doing today? Good. When you mean first guest, like first guest today, first guest, first guest ever. First guest ever. Episode nine, first guest ever. So there we go. That's good. Maybe you come back for like some special anniversary one. I I was just on a pod last week. It was their hundredth episode. So I joined it because I was one of their first guests. So okay. Hundredth episode. You got it. David Beerman. Perfect. All right. First question here. Uh, talk to me if you can just a little bit about the journey it took to get here and your current position. Um, what are some of the positions you had prior to this? Um, and then is your current role. Uh, did, is you and your current role, did it unexpectedly pop up or is this kind of in the sightlines all along? Uh, in the sightlines all along, it was kind of an adaptation of what I was doing, plus the advent of sports betting becoming legalized in 2018. Uh, really, it started uh, when I was in high school. I was uh, interning at a local radio station in Miami that had the, the rights to the Dolphins, Heat, Panthers and Marlins. Uh, just as, as a broadcast intern, my senior high school happened. Radio station was across the street from from my high school. So I went in there and volunteered. Hank Goldberg was the host of the shows. Hank just recently passed away, but everybody knows Hank is a legend in sports, uh, the, the sports community, media, as well as betting. I uh, worked with him and then and then was the Marlins broadcast intern for a couple of years after high school and during summers uh, back home from the University of Florida, where I studied sports journalism and communications, Worked covered the football team and baseball team back in the Steve Spurrier era and the Billy Donovan era for basketball. Uh, SID stuff, radio, TV, and kind of was in, in the sports business world. Um, bounced around a little bit after college doing minor league baseball. I was a play-by-play guy for a little bit and then PR guy for a little bit. Um, going back to the Marlins for one of their World Series runs and single A, double A, and then eventually landing in triple A Albuquerque as their PR director. Uh, all related to the Florida Marlins, who who basically is where I kind of grew up with. Um, doing either broadcasting, radio, PR, et cetera, that eventually led to uh, an entry-level position here at ESPN in 2005. Uh, I was a sports content researcher, basically providing stats information for all their live programming, whether it be SportsCenter, Baseball Tonight, which obviously was my baseball background, college football shows, et cetera. Uh, you guys have all heard of Chris the Bear Felica, who was on College Game Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I became an understudy of his, uh, helping on college game day when needed and doing other bowl games and stuff. Eventually worked my way into the golf side of things where I was the golf researcher for for four years here at ESPN. Uh, got into management to oversee the stats department. So I stayed in that department overseeing uh, the people who were doing the job that I used to do um, in terms of researching sports center and golf, et cetera. Um, eventually we decided in about 2014, I was going to try to do a little side thing with trying to grow sports betting at the company when nobody was listening because it wasn't legal in anywhere but Nevada. Um, we, we would purchase databases to then groom into the stats department to um, kind of just add another layer of content to what we were providing. I always joke that I can tell you Tom Brady is nine and one versus the Dolphins, 
or I could tell you it's two and eight against the spread. Like there's still two content nuggets. They mean different things. Uh, but we were slowly adding that to our database where we had an all games football database that had all of the statistics and then some betting nuggets. Again, not many people were paying attention, but to me, sports betting was going to be the future. Like I can see the future. Um, so we started growing it. So in 2018, when, when passport was overturned and the federal ban on sports betting was lifted, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, what can we do in the sports betting world? And it's like, Hey, you remember this guy I've been pitching shows and data and, and, you know, whatever. Um, that led to a, um, uh, uh, we were blessed to be allowed to shoot a pilot for a test pilot for daily wager, which you now watch. Um, I remember, I think it was called, uh, inside the numbers or whatever it was. It was a, a pilot. We put the tape, um, to, to show Disney that we were capable of doing a sports betting show, ESPN and Disney execs. Uh, we put it on tape about Christmas time of 2018 uh, and they approved it and they said, Hey, let's launch it for March madness in 2019. And in the show that you now know is daily wager. Um, I basically spent all of January, February and March of 2019 away from my normal day-to-day duties of the stats department and helping launch the show. Um, once the show was launched, I got promoted into my current role of deputy editor of sports betting, overseeing the content of sports betting for the company, including daily wager, uh, which is the next meeting that I have as well as, um, chalk, we kind of moving away from the ESPN chalk name to sports betting, but it is the digital vertical that is on ESPN.com. Click on sports betting. You get all of our content. Um, I directly oversee that, uh, as we speak. Gotcha. Very nice. Thank you. Very cool. Um, just kind of playing off that since you kind of uh, ended there on Daily Wager. And I know it's a show that, that I personally watch probably three to four times a week, uh, if not more often. And uh, it's it's grown in vastly in popularity. Can you just talk about maybe the evolution of, you know, from when it came in 2019, I think there was maybe three or four sports states. I think Jersey, uh, West Virginia might have come in at that point, a couple others. Um, just talk about kind of with the expanded sports betting growth in states and and legalization, um, and then the show obviously moving from from Bristol originally uh, over to yep. Vegas now uh, off the strip right across from Caesars above the the link. If you could just talk about the evolution of the show, sure. We wanted to launch the show at the very beginning, um, take advantage of the fact that it's going to grow. And fortunate that New Jersey was one of the first states offered. So when the show launched here in Bristol uh, in March of 2019, uh, the the nearest state to us, New Jersey, was legal. Uh, we then made a deal with Caesar Sportsbook, which is also in New Jersey and their official ads provider. Um, and, you know, it was it was on ESPN News originally, which is not the highest rated television network of all. Um, but we were producing content. And then the the, the game changer was going to be in March of 2020 when the show was to be relocated to Vegas, as well as launch on ESPN2, much higher rated network, about the same time slot as SportsCenter. More states were coming online, so it was getting us more of a national exposure. Unfortunately, COVID hit, and that delayed everything. Um, I happened to be in Vegas about three weeks before COVID hit, looking at the studio, and it was, like, almost ready to go. And all of a sudden, they got shut down. Uh, We still moved it out there. It just didn't launch until August. Uh, We had nothing from March to August. Neither did the rest of the world. So when sports came back, the show came back. Having it in Vegas has been great. You get shots of the Vegas Strip. You get to do live hits from sports books. Uh, just during March Madness, you had Joe Fortenbaugh doing, you know, live hits right there from the window. Um, it's been great. It's been, you know, it's become a big part of the Vegas culture out there. Um, and, you know, we're we're out there and, and now there's 33 states plus the District of Columbia are alive. We had a presence at the Super Bowl in Arizona. 
Uh, we'll have a presence in Vegas next year at the Super Bowl. So it's been big that the more it grows, the more people that watch. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we knew this was going to take off in terms of sports betting. And whether we were in three states or 30 states, people are still betting. And I'm not advocating for offshore or bookie wagering. But even if you are in a non-legal state, you can still watch Daily Wager. And you can – a lot of people, you know, we, we get – we've seen numbers when – in terms of betting handle and or – audience engagement from states that are not legal. So we know people are still betting and watching our show. Gotcha. Thank you. That would be one of me. I'm in Mississippi, so I unfortunately cannot bet, but do watch the show. So that's certainly yeah, appreciated. I won't, uh, I won't tell on you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just talk to us a little bit about uh, maybe a tip of advice you would give to young up and coming professionals that may want to get into the sports betting industry um, and certainly maybe not know how just yet. I would say make sure it's a passion, make sure it's something you understand, make sure it's something you want to do. Um, you know, it comes with a lot of respect and or trust, because if you're in the sports betting field and you're looking to make picks, if you're looking to give picks, you're looking to sell picks. There are other people in the industry that are going to take your picks and bet them. Um, our guys on air fully well know that the people watching the show may go ahead and take their picks. You got to be informed. You got to study. Uh, none of our stuff goes on air without somebody vetting it first, whether it's statistics related. Um, yeah, there's opinions. Opinions are opinions. But at the same time, they got to be informed opinions. You can't just, you know, well, I think this team's going to cover for no reason. Um, we're always trying to give you, we're not telling you who to pick. We're giving you advice on, on to inform your decision. We're not a tout service. No one's paying us for picks. It's just to inform you. So as somebody who's trying to break into the field, I would say just make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into you know it's a lot of long hours and a lot of a lot of homework uh you can't just show up on air and pick pick stuff out of a hat you know if, you, if you're if you're batting 30 percent, people are going to come down on you and no one's going to listen to you so um i would say do your homework and study up because there's a lot of different ways you can go and every sport's different very true so, very cool uh just a two-parter for me um one just you you know speaking since you're in bristol and still, you know, stay behind Bristol, didn't move out to Vegas when the show moved out. Um, you know, talk about a little bit about the challenge or kind of the, or maybe the excitement of working remotely and what that looks like with the show being in a different time zone in a very different environment than Bristol. Uh, and then secondly, uh, just on a personal side, what's your favorite sport to bet or maybe that you enjoy watching? Sure. Um, you know, COVID taught us a lot of things that working remotely and or working with people across the country can't, is doable through Zoom and or phone, etc. Um, and to be honest, the show gets produced out of Bristol. So, like, you know, we still work with the producers here. Uh, is the talent out West? Yeah, the talent's out West. But I talk to those guys 100 times a day anyway. So, you know, there's a there's a daily wager meeting every single day that everybody's on Zoom. We put our ideas together. We can bounce each other off ideas. You guys are on, on, on Slack, on text, et cetera. So, yeah, them not being here makes it a little bit more difficult. But, again, we learned during Zoom that you could be anywhere at any time and be able to co coordinate and communicate. Uh, as far as betting, uh, I, I would say my two favorite ones are, are football and golf. Um, everybody does football, so everybody knows how to bet football. Um, but but I do enjoy it and love it. Um, and, and golf is a passion of mine. I'm a big golf better. Um, I, I really enjoy the tournament by tournament betting, uh, the markets. I'm not in there just to hit the outrights, try to get some some top tens, top twenties, matchups. I'm a big matchup guy. Um, I do a lot of golf and and fantasy uh fantasy, DFS and betting on golf is is uh sort of more of a passion than a work thing because we don't cover golf in the same way we cover the NFL. Right. 
But if you read our column next week, you'll see the Masters picks, and I will be in the column. Um, even though I oversee the coverage, I, I will dip my toe into uh, the columns in, in golf from time to time because that is uh, something I study. I was the golf researcher for four years here, and then I oversaw golf content for another six years. So one way, shape, or form, I was involved in, in golf for about 10 years before this job. Gotcha. Do you bet live at all or just out of curiosity? No, you don't dabble in that. Okay. I'm I don't dabble curious. and live. I don't, I, I try to pretend it doesn't exist. I mean, I do, right. have, <laughs> I do have money on Cam Smith to win the masters. One of about nine bets I've made on the masters, but um, I, it's fake golf to me. So they I don't, there, there's, there's no incentive. And if right. there's no incentive, I'm not right. betting on you. And you've seen the results, like the top golfers in the world have, can't even get top tens and, a field that's no better than the three of us golfing. So, right. You've never seen me golf. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. All right. Uh, well, we'll round this out with a uh, Beerman and the Breakers parlay. So, we're going to have a pick from each of the crew members and then David as well. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Listen to us. Uh, make sure you get that pick in. So, I don't know, David, if you want to start. Yeah, I'll I'll go out there and I'll throw one of my sports betting tips out there that never never base everything that you think based on what you just saw. Recency bias is a very very ugly powerful tool in sports betting, um, and, and I'm going to take the Miami Heat plus the five at Madison Square Garden tonight. The Heat did look like absolute crap last night, uh, but I also feel like they're in desperation mode in terms of trying to get out of that playing game. They're a half game below. The Brooklyn Nets uh, right now is the seven seed. Obviously, you would like to get a top six seed, not not to have to mess with the playoff, uh, the play-in game. Uh, they match up well with the Knicks. They beat them pretty handily last time. Uh, the Knicks are comfortably in their top six spot. So, you know, I'm not saying the Heat want it more, but I think the Heat are in a position where they know that, you know, they got to get these wins. Brooklyn is exa- not exactly a great team anymore, so Brooklyn is going to lose a couple of games. Uh, but if the Heat really want to get that top six spot, they're going to need to go to Madison Square Garden and at least give it all they got. Will they win? I know, but that's why you're getting five points, the great equalizer. The Heat and Knicks have played a bunch of close games this year, um, and I think, I think I'm going to take the Miami Heat plus the five. Heat plus the five. You heard it from a professional. All right, Benny Buckets, what do you got? All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay local. Uh, David's from South Florida, guys, so I'm going to stay local. I'm in Arizona. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Phoenix Suns over the 235.5, getting Kevin Durant back, or at least – they're being very coy about it. Monty Williams won't answer the question directly, but supposedly getting Ke- uh, Kevin Durant back tonight. So, uh, and you know the 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 Suns have been very much an over team lately. I think they've only been under once in the last five games. The four one of the over last five. So, uh, and, and Minnesota doesn't really play much defense, folks. So, I will take the Suns and T Wolves over two thirty five and a half. Suns T Wolves over two thirty five and a half. Perfect. Uh, I'll round it out with Clippers Grizzlies. I'm going to take Gri- Grizzlies minus four minus one ten. Grizzlies are 33 and five at home. I do believe it's questionable whether John Morant's going to play tonight uh, unless something's come up otherwise, but the Clippers are not a good road team. They're 19 and 18 on the road. And I don't think they match up very well to Memphis in their three point shooting. So I'm going to take the Grizzlies minus four tonight. We're going all NBA parlay. I like it. Look at that. Perfect. All basketball. All right. Well, thank you, David. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the hundredth show. I'll be there. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, David. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks. And that was the David Bierman interview, folks. Uh, that was, I hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as we enjoyed recording it. Benny, your thoughts. I, I think that was, that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It was a great interview. <laughs> uh, definitely very, 
insightful and very uh you know I, I thought the questions were 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 interesting. I'm sure he's answered them before. Uh certainly seems like he's answered at least some of them right, before. Right. But uh based on you know how precise he was and kind of his his thought process. But I thought the part about like you said uh you know in the pre in a pre pre production here about kind of if you're going to be in if you want to be either the sports better and you know just to do it on your own volition or, you know, to do it for your own purposes, or you want to create content in the sports betting space or the sports wagering space that you really have to, you know, I guess it's like anything else. And he kind of, you know, David really alluded to it. You have to have passion for it and you have to really want to research and uh, put the work in if you want to be successful. So it's not just about, you know, picking games because a certain team plays in a certain city or, you root for a team, so then you're going to bet on the team because you root for them. Uh, generally, by the way, emotional betting is generally always a way to lose money pretty quickly. But uh, so I thought that was very interesting, and uh, you know, but you really got to do the research. You can't base pick games based on color schemes or the name or the <laughs> college right. col- the college mascot. You know, uh, the Crimson Tide because you like the you like the schnoz on the on the elephant there uh, or the whatever yeah the elephant of the Alabama. Type mascot, you can't do that. Uh, so that's right. Or, it's, or it's, the point guard's cute, or anything like that. Yeah. No, or, or the or the point guard's got a good, you know, he's got a nice name, Jelly Williams, or whatever. You know. Oh, you know, there you go. Yes, with, that's with right. The, with the Jelly, yes. so Jelly uh, Walker. Yes, Jelly yeah. Walker. I'm oh, sorry. My apologies, Jelly. Uh, Jelly Walker. Uh, <laughs> my apologies, Jelly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jelly, please uh, accept our apology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but uh, yeah, but uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so it, it it's more it's more than just picking out nicknames or 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 you know some random insightful facts. It's more research and and development of the thought process. But uh, so. right, right, yeah, and uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, he's very yeah, very very insightful, and we certainly appreciate his time. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. But all right, let's move on here to the NBA uh, talk now. So. Benny Buckets has the standings pulled up for both conferences, and we're just kind of going to go through the six or the seven through ten positions because that's the play-in tournament uh, that's recently developed by the NBA, where the bottom four teams play get to have a little play-in tournament to see who actually makes the playoffs. So, yeah, let's Benny see Buckets, do you want to see what conference we want to do first here? Yeah, let's start in the East. Start in the East. Here. The better of the two conferences. Ah. Uh, hmm. The talent in the East is way better than the West. Not way yeah. better, but the top teams in the East are. I wouldn't say that. I mean, Denver. Denver is only. Denver is only a half game back of Boston for second best record in the league. That would be way better. Yeah, and if they play in the seven game matchup, Boston would beat them at six. So that's. I wouldn't. I'm. Yeah. Well, we, we may agree to disagree on that. Agree to disagree. Perfect. perfect. That 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 should not be anything new to the to the listeners here. The agree to disagree between. I hope someone at home. I hope someone at home is tallying how many disagreements we have. <laughs> We should have a tally and uh, see what it is by the end of the year. But anyways, anyway, uh, moving on here as, as game day, Greg digresses from that uh, thought there. Yes. So. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, folks, as well, a little inside joke there. That's, that's yes. Yes. Uh, oh, top 10. Uh, number 10 was soccer. Soccer. Ah, uh, soccer. Please. There we go. All right. Uh, so, pl- so we're we're trying to figure out who's going to make the play in. Okay. So, 
Uh, are we talking about the 10 seed or the 6 seed? What are we trying to figure out here, sir? 7 through 10. 7 through 10. We're looking to see who's 7 through 10 in the Western Conference. And so we Eastern don't care Conference. about the 6 seed. Who's going to be get out of the play-in round? Who's not? Okay. So we just care about the 7 through 10. Okay. Right, right. So Eastern Conference, 7 through 10 is Miami Heat at 40 and 36. They're a half game back of Brooklyn, though, for the 6 seed and getting out of the play-in round. Um, and they're also three games back of the Knicks for the 5th seed you care but uh unlikely they'll catch them with only seven six seven games left but um and, and they do play the Knicks tonight incidentally so that could that could be with the interesting uh let's see here uh Atlanta Hawks are 38 and 38 in in the eighth seed tied with the Raptors but the Hawks are ahead on tiebreaker head to head tiebreaker uh tied with the Raptors at 38 38 and then the Chicago Bulls at 36 and 39. They are two and a half games ahead of the Washington Wizards, who are 34 and 42. And then the 12th seed is the Pacers. They're three and a half back with six to play. So that does not seem likely for the Pacers at 33 right. and 43. Even, even the Wizards at 34 and 42, two and a half back with six to play for the Wizards and seven to play for the Bulls. So it really so it really only seems like there's two things at play here in the Eastern Conference at this point with so little games remaining. It's that six seven seed uh between the Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat. The Heat are a half game back of the sixth seed there, which watch the out Hawks Brooklyn. are also the Hawks and Raptors are also only two and a half back. Not also not likely, but Correct. With six games left, I didn't think that would be uh, realistic. And then okay. uh, the Wizards potentially creeping into the play-in uh, scenario there with the Bulls uh, being that 10 seed. They're a game and a half back. So we'll, we'll see there. But I, yeah, that, that's 6-7. Day- that's 6-7 matchup. That, that's yeah. what's really the race. That's the race to watch right now in the Eastern Conference. It because that, that determines who's going to play in the uh, play, play-in tournament or not. Game day, so, Greg, they're believing that the uh, Hawks and Raptors are out of it there for the six seed. Clearly, was is not a Met fan. Did not follow the 07 Mets blowing a seven game lead with 19 games to play against the Phillies. But uh, some of us wear those scars uh, 16 years later. But uh, anyway, we, we just cross sports there. We just a little bit, a little cross sport reference, a little cross sport reference. Yeah. All right. I curious to see how many people got that one. I, I, I did not. Uh, curious to curious to know how many of the listeners were alive in 2007. Maybe that's a better. Uh, Oh, okay. That's yeah. or, we're, or, we're, or we're paying attention to sports in 2007. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. But, uh, yes, I, I still wear the scars of Shane Victorino and Cole Hamels and Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins, Jason Worth, Carlos Ruiz. Yes, I, I wear this. I bear the scars of that. That was uh, – that was a that was an implosion of of all implosions there. Six games with nineteen, six or seven games with nineteen games. Yeah, but anyway, all right, perfect. I digress. Many uh, many buckets digresses here. Yes, that's <laughs> oh boy. All right, so all right, that's pretty much Eastern Conference, Western Conference. I'll give you the landscape here. Timberwolves are in the seventh seed at thirty nine and thirty seven, uh, twelve and a half back of first. Good luck catching them. Uh, eight seed, but only a half game back of Golden State. Yeah, I know. I was making fun of uh, their 12 and a half back of first. Oh, yes. Uh, the, yeah, they are half a game back of Golden State. You got the eight seed Pelicans at 38 and 38. They are a game and a half back of Golden State and a game back of the Timberwolves for the seven. And seed. lost last night to Golden State, which which could have helped their cause catch. But. Right, which is quite the, becoming quite the rivalry, uh, by the way. So it was like, I believe, a kick. He delivered a kick to the head of 
Herbert Jones by uh, by one Draymond Green, apparently. That, that yeah, seems to be I, stirring I some controversy. Right, and then C.J. McCollum ran over uh, Dante DiVincenzo the uh, next play. So oh, okay. got a little chippy there. Nine seed Los Angeles Lakers are 37 and 38. They are two games back of the Warriors, uh, the sixth seed, uh, half a game back of the eighth seed, and a game and a half back of the seventh seed. So they are right in the thick of things as well. Um, but the bunch at the bottom here is – Something. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder at the 10th seed right now at 37 and 39. They are tied with the Mavericks, but hold the tiebreaker. Um, they are, let's see, two and a half back of the Warriors, two back of the Timberwolves, a game back of the Pelicans, and a half game back of the Lakers. So it's definitely much more bunched up in the West as opposed to the East. Um, who do you think is getting in? Who, who are your four? Well, well, a couple of things. Big props to a couple of teams. The Jazz had actually the lowest win total, I believe. Maybe maybe the Spurs were lower, but they had one of the two lowest win totals in the NBA going into the year. I believe they're around twenty one or twenty one and a half, and they they have thirty five wins. Yeah, so after they, those two big franchise altering trades, right, you know, right after free, after trading Rudy Gobert to Minnesota and then uh, Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. So props to them. They've also got probably about ninety thousand first round. I think they I think they have all the first round picks next three years. Them and OKC. Yep. Yeah, OKC. They're gonna split it. The first. They're going to alternate. It's going to be a snake draft just between right. OKC and Utah. They're going to alternate picks. So That's every right. pick the next three years in the first round is going to be either OKC or Utah. So, uh, you know, they'll Ron basically Dane. they'll basically be the 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 overseas elite slash not overseas elite the G League ignite excuse me G League ignite of the NBA. All mm-hmm. the G League ignite players will be playing for Utah or OKC in the next few years, just so everyone's aware. But uh, anyway. Uh, I I uh, I move on. Perfect, perfect. Um, so so, so give the Jazz credit, and then also give OKC credit. I think they were on yeah. twenty five, so give them credit. Um, yeah, I don't think Dallas is going to make it. I know that's a controversial take. Uh, I just bad chemistry. I think they've, I think Luca, since they've gotten Kyrie, they're under five hundred. Since Luca and when Luca and Kyrie are both healthy and on the court, which is, uh. A, a, a rare, occur- a rare yeah. occurrence, a rare occurrence. Uh, they are under 500. Bad chemistry. Um, you know, I don't think they really needed Kyrie. I mean, the problem with Ky- Kyrie's a listen, Kyrie's a great player. No one would dispute that from a talent perspective. The problem is he's the same player, he's a ball dominant point guard, just like Luca. They brought in the same player. So they, yeah, they, they did. They, they, they brought did. in they brought in two people who need the ball to try and play at the same time. And they got rid of their best defender in Dorian Finney-Smith and a very solid, I mean, a real, a, probably one of the top backup point guards in the league in, in Dinwiddie, somebody who's probably good enough to start as he is on Brooklyn on many teams. Uh, and a, and good guys, good glue guys, and good good culture guys um, for a guy who does the same thing that, that, that Luca does. So it, it, the yeah. trade never made any sense. It didn't enhance them. It brought in a duplication of somebody who's already – there and he's not as good as Luca objectively. So um it didn't make any sense and the results have borne out that it didn't make any now granted they haven't played I think they've only played seven or eight games together at the same time because one one or both have been out for more than half the game since Kyrie's been been in Dallas. But so I don't I don't see it. I just don't I think there's bad karma there. So I will go I'll fade Dallas. Uh, I don't think Utah will be able to make up the game and a half as as well as they have played and overachieved. I just I don't I don't see that. 
Um, so I think it will be the same. I think it will be Minnesota. I don't I don't know the exact order. Maybe New, maybe New Orleans will jump Minnesota. I know they're talking about Zion maybe coming back in the next ten days or so, or mm. being reevaluated. I believe right. next week. So maybe he'll come back. Uh, you know, with a game or two left in the regular season to prep uh, up and get ready for the play-in tournament. But I'll tell you, the team to watch out for here, again, the biggest issue with this team is the health, uh, is the Lakers. The Lakers, if they're healthy, with this, with the newly constructed roster after all the trades they made, you know, jettisoning um, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, bringing in Malik Beasley, bringing in D'Angelo Russell, uh, bringing in Jared Vanderbilt, uh, giving an increased role to Austin Reeves, who now, who now essentially is getting like double the amount of minutes he was getting pre-trade. Um, they're now shooters. Like Malik Beasley's Malik Beasley is a good shooter. Uh, Vanderbilt's not a great shooter, but from the outside. But D'Angelo Russell is one of the top three point guys in percentage this year in the NBA. Not to mention he's a he's a very good passer and 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 just a, a good player all around. So. I'm telling you right now, I think if the Lakers can find a way out of the play-in tournament, they could they could spring a big upset on Dallas uh, – not on Dallas, excuse me, on Denver or Memphis. I think they're good enough to beat both those teams in a seven-game series. Uh, and and it's very hard to bet against LeBron. Uh, but, again, health is operative. Uh, right now, Russell's hurt. So they haven't really ha- – I think they had everybody together when the trade went down before LeBron got hurt for a game or two. And then LeBron got hurt. And then Russell had a hamstring. And now Russell's got an ankle. So D'Angelo Russell, no confusion with Russell Westbrook. So just to be very clear on the Russells. Right. A multitude of Russells here. We want and, and no, we're not talking about Russell Wilson either. They add more Russells to the to the to the mix. But or uh, Russell Steakhouse or Russell Salvatore, yes. Yes. yes right. Yes. So Buffalo. Inside inside Western New York Buffalo a reference there, folks. If you're not from Western New York, you would have no no earthly idea who Russell Salvatore is, but uh, be it be it be it here or there, uh, yeah. I so I like I like the Lakers. And they so you like it as it, it is, basically. You like yes, it as I, it is. Like it as it is. We'll see if the Lakers can do anything. If they're healthy, I'm telling you, the Lakers are going to be a tough out. I don't think they're going. I I don't see them losing anybody in like four or five games. I think they're going to be. It's going to be. You're going to beat the Lakers, and they're healthy. It's going to be a long series. Thank you. Appreciate that. I So I have an unpopular take as well. But first, I do want to agree with you on your take that the Mavericks will not make the play-in tournament here. Uh, like you said, Luka and Kyrie just don't mesh. Kyrie and anyone don't mesh. Um, <laughs> Kyrie and his car are about the only thing that mesh, uh, getting him to the game or to wherever he wants to go because he doesn't go to the games sometimes uh, because apparently you could just do that, just take games off for whatever reason so uh um, Kyrie Kyrie just 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 keep in mind Kyrie when you hear this it's game day Greg making these that's right these comments, Kyrie, not, ben, we, not Benny buckets just be very clear but. we still want you on the pod we still want you on the podcast <laughs> Kyrie but uh yeah no it's uh it's what it is I mean I'm not uh <laughs> only speaking the truth here but no I really like the Oklahoma City Thunder uh the, what they've been able to do this season and that young talent the way they've been, they've been able to play together and Shea Gilchrist Alexander he has to win most improved, right? I mean, I, he, he's what, 33 points a game? Yeah. He's their leading scorer, the young leader on that team. Mm-hmm. He can do everything. He's the best 
driver of the ball I think I've ever seen at the point guard position. That's obviously uh, exaggeration. However, that team can, that team can play. And uh, I'd be interested to see what they can do in the playing tournament. So I agree with you in the teams. I think the Timberwolves, Pelicans, Lakers, and Thunder will be the, the four that play in there. And again, depending on how things shape up these last six or seven games here, uh, the, the seating could change. However, I don't think the Lakers make it out of the first round of play in. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's exact opposite of what you said there and how you don't think anyone can beat them when they're healthy. But I, I, I'd say anybody. I'd say, well, you I, said I, they're certainly out, better than these. They're, th- listen, they're better than the Timberwolves, in my opinion. They're better than the Thunder. They, they may not be better than the Pelicans. When Pelicans, Pelicans are a very out. tough matchup, and right now that's who they play if it were to end today. So no, I, I don't no, like that. Not necessarily because the Timberwolves will play the Pelicans, and the winner of that game would move on. And the Lakers. Oh, seven I, plays eight, and then oh, and the oh, winner of okay. seven and eight moves on. They're the seven seed. Listen, and I still then, like the Thunder. And then and no, I like the Lakers over the Thunder. Still like not, the Thunder. Now with the Lakers fully healthy. No, I don't. I do not agree with that. Mm, the Thunder went in there and beat LeBron on his uh, all all time scoring uh, game. There, they still went in there and beat him one hundred thirty three to one thirty. So uh, they still have a chance. So I don't know. That's an unpopular take. That's a. That's my hot take. There you uh, go. Old take, old take expose me. Uh, for there you go, one, folks. So, all right, that is NBA talk. Do you have anything else to add? That's pretty much. Uh, no, that's it. That's it. That's it for today uh, on the Perfect. NBA. Yes, that's it. Perfect. Oh, Let's we were going to say we were going to say NBA finals. Who we want to? Who we finals, think is the yes. NBA finals? Right. Finals. Okay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> pre-production and uh and current don't, don't necessarily add up folks we 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 went over <laughs> we, we discussed not doing the finals matchup oh are we, we not i thought we were i thought we said we would oh i thought we said we already did that uh no we said we ago. picked futures you said you said yes we gave futures back about six weeks ago but then you said that we wanted to do nba finals you matchup. are now getting inside the uh conversation of two guys who uh don't really have it together in the pre-production <laughs> meeting at least so uh all right all right well, so NBA finals, finals. Matchup, I, still finals have, I still have the finals matchup on top of my head I, okay it's, go ahead right now it's going to be warriors bucks Warriors no, Bucks. I, I couldn't disagree with I, I I like the Bucks pick, but I could not disagree with the Warriors more. The Warriors bad karma. It's not it's not gonna happen for the Warriors this year. I'm gonna hey, say thanks, sp- bud. Thanks for yeah. validating yeah. my pick there. All right, I couldn't <laughs> disagree with you more. Although I agree <laughs> yeah. with you on the Bucks. Well, you disagree. And, uh, you said you couldn't disagree with me more on the Lakers, so I'm just turning. Oh, okay, to- okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the go. Suns, assuming health. I guess all this assumes health, so it goes without saying. I'm going to go with the Suns and – and I mean, that's t- – those the, the toughest one here is built, to me is Bucks celtics It's so evenly matched. I'm going to go with the Celtics just because they're a better perimeter shooting team. And the best player on the Bucks can't shoot a jump shot to save his life. So I am going to okay. go – I'm going to go with the Celtics. I like I, I if I had to pick like you said I couldn't pick the Celtics if I had to pick an alternate team I would pick the Bucks, but I just think the Celtics match up pretty well against the Bucks, and the Celtics are a better overall. I mean there there's some great shooters on 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 you know Middleton's a very good shooter, 
Allen is can be very good. Sometimes he's a little hot and cold, but he can get locked in. He's very good. Holiday can be a good shooter at Brooke times. Lopez from the corner three. Brooke Lopez is a, one of the better, one of the one of the best, one of the best big man shooters in the game. I agree with that, but I just, I don't know. I no, you're right. I Boston just, I, does match up very well against. I, I just think. I just think it, it seems like literally everyone on Boston's roster, Horford can shoot threes. Brown can shoot threes. Smart can shoot threes. Um, Tatum. Tatum can shoot threes. Thank you. Uh, Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Uh, you said Horford already. What's his? Um, Blake Griffin can even shoot threes. Yes, I said Horford already. Literally, yeah, every, it's almost like every almost every, Peyton Pritchard can shoot threes. Almost everybody they play can literally shoot. Is a good three point shooter, above average for their position. I would say. Yeah. And that's tough to beat, especially in today's NBA where everything's about dunks and threes. Those are the only there's there's three true outcomes, just like there are three true outcomes in baseball, or there were, maybe it'll change this year where the rule changes. In baseball, there are three true outcomes strikeout, home run, or walk. Those are the three true outcomes in baseball. In the NBA, there's three true outcomes. Well, four. Sorry, four true outcomes. There's turnovers, there's threes, there's dunks, and there's free throws. That's it. Those are the only outcomes in the NBA. Uh, and to me, in this NBA, the most important of those four true outcomes is the three-point shooting. Explain the to the Celtics explain the to the listeners. Explain to the listeners. Uh, maybe uh, dumb that down a little bit. What do you mean by true outcomes? There's four out. The majority of the possessions, just the majority of bats in baseball, and there there just aren't that many hits, like singles, right? It's it's just everything's all or nothing. And in the NBA, every I, I think a lot of it, has, it's changed. It wasn't like this when Michael Jordan played. It wasn't like this in the 90s or even the early 2000s where everybody jacked up. You know, teams are jacking up 45, 50 threes a game. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, 25, 20, 25 years ago, teams were shooting 12 three-pointers a game, 15. There's three times or four, you know, depending on the team, every team's different. But every single team shoots 30 three-pointers a game. Every one. doesn't matter if they're good or bad. Every single one does it. And the shooters are better. The percentages are up. So there's reason to do it. But if the most important, if you get one, if you get 50% more points for shooting a three pointer and the team that's the best over, and I think as good as the Warriors are and their top guys are better than the Celtics top guys. If you look at the teams as a unit, the, the Celtics as a unit, as a all encompassing uh, team are the best overall team, meaning that everyone on their team can shoot threes better than any other team in the league, in my opinion. So that's why I would say I would put them as a slate favorite over the over the um, over the box. And frankly, the player that possesses the ball the most for the box can't shoot jump. It's not his game. His game is getting to the getting to the hole, getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, where he's not great at that either, folks. He's like 65%. And he's just not a good shooter. He's not a good free throw shooter. He's a terrible three point shooter. Megan Greg could go out there and be better three point shooters in the NBA than Giannis. He's just got awful. And um, he's not a good jump shooter. He, everything else in his Sorry, game, is, everything well, everything else in his game is at an all time level. But that's why he will never like, in my opinion, he'll never be, he'll never be a Kevin Durant. He'll never be or, or viewed upon like Kevin Durant. He'll never be viewed like a Steph Curry. He'll never be viewed like a like Nor to should be, he. To, Nor well, should to, he's a big. But, he's not a no, but but to he's not a he's not he's yeah. 
I wouldn't classify him as a big. He's six nine. He's not a big. How big do you have to be to consider him a big? Kevin Durant's a big, and he's well. Kevin Durant's not considered a big, and he's six eleven or seven foot. No one considers Kevin Durant a big. No one does. He's a forward. We're, I think we're he's talking about Giannis summer. here. Giannis, I'm considering Giannis a big. No, he's shorter than Durant. How is how is he a big? How is how is Giannis a big, and he's shorter than Durant, and Durant's not considered a big? How's that possible? He's not a big. And there, Greg's looking up the height of Giannis right now to see if I'm correct on this. I know I am, folks. Same height here, folks. Same height, six eleven. Oh, they obviously six eleven. All right. Oh, actually, Kevin Durant six ten, and Giannis is six eleven. So, unfortunately, folks, uh, yeah, that's okay. Um, So I would don't let don't let don't let facts get in the way of a good story. So I guess that's the answer: six ten to six eleven. Six ten, you're small. Six eleven, you're big. Yeah. So that's. All right, that's noted. All right, but he will uh, never. But listen, the reason he's not to be considered an all-time great, the fundamental aspect of the game is to put the ball in the hoop, and right. the majority of the way, the, the most of the time, the way you put the ball in the hoop is by shooting a jump shot, and he cannot do it. Therefore, he cannot be an all-time great. But if the fundamental thing of the game is to get the ball in the hoop, why does it matter which way you do it? Isn't it the easier way to go closer to the basket? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the easiest way just to but the majority of the majority of the time that's not how it's it doesn't get it he can't he, he can't get to the basket at will every time he wants to get to the basket he can sure do it he a lot could. he's got this answer to Kupo. No, he yes, he could he also he can't shoot to, free he can throws. get to the basket whenever 60, he wants he's a 60 percent career free throw shooter how how are you a great like you know Shaq's not an all-time great because Shaq couldn't shoot free throws you wouldn't consider Shaq an all-time great no He's not, he's oh, not, we're gonna have to say this for a different he's, show. He's not we're Kareem. Gonna, he's not folks, Kareem. I think we came up with a show he's, idea. He's not just the top ten list, and let's just have a debate for hours. There That's, we go. Uh, he's not Kareem. He's not Wilt. He's not. Um, sorry, I think he's not. He's, he's not. He's, yeah, he's can not, you think of another better great? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not Kareem. He's not Wilt. There you go. Okay, so he's top three. That's not considered all time. All time right. great. Well, I guess you're right. You could be an all time great with being an all time great. All right, I I I'm wrong. I digress. I I I'll I'll give you that point. Sound bite that. Uh, sound we don't bite. have anyone who edits that, <laughs> but once we get an editor, we'll tell them the sound uh, clip that. Uh, Fair enough. Okay. All right. We'll just that is definitely an episode idea, though. We are gonna have to we're gonna have to dive into that a little bit. All right. Let's get into everyone's favorite segment here: soccer talk. Buckets. Let's go over your record and how you did, and uh, what do you got? For well, us? we didn't we didn't have any picks last week, like we said, because of the Euro qualifiers. There was no domestic league, so we did not make. We could have, we could have, like I said, the tree fell in the forest. We went five zero and one, but we didn't. We did not put it on tape here, or we did not put it in audio, audio, uh, MPA MP three form, so it doesn't MP3, count. Yep. So, uh, so we will not brag on that because it's it was not documented. So, but. Uh, well, it's documented by me, but I guess no one else, so it's, it doesn't really count. But we do have some picks this week. We have seven overall, and I'm very excited to pull up seven. Now. Seven, seven picks. Most of them are out of – I okay. think all of them are out of the Premier League and the um, the Premier League and the Serie A. No Bundesliga this week, folks, unfortunately. No Bundesliga. But the, folks have two pens ready. Two pens ready. Okay, so, so first one runs out of ink. Seven that's right. Points. That's right. So we are going to start out with uh, a game here on Saturday, April 1st. I believe Saturday is it? Yes. Saturday, April 1st. 
it out of the Premier League, of course. We are going to give you Brighton and Brentford. This barely makes the cut, folks, for a pick. When I got it, it was minus 141, but now it's minus 150, so it makes the cut by the slimmest of margins, slimmest of margins. So we are going to go with Brentford, uh, sorry, Brighton minus 150 on the three-way line at home against Brentford. That is going to be our first pick. Not going to do too much analysis today because I didn't, I don't, I, I, we're running short on time, I think. So just going to give you the picks today. So Brighton on the three-way line, minus 150 against Brentford. As a result, also remember, please hedge these bets with the tie bet. As as we said previously, the under two and a half goals, we hedge with exactly three goals. Well, please hedge with the tie bet. The tie is playing plus 325 on the tie or the draw. So plus 325 on the hedge. So that is our first one. The next one is going to be also on Saturday morning. Uh... At 11.30, uh, sorry, Saturday afternoon, I guess, if you're on the East Coast. 12.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Chelsea, also barely making the cut. Another minus 150. Look at this fortuitous bounce here. We're getting with the odds here. Minus 150 yeah, against fortuitous Aston. Bounce. Yeah. A fortuitous bounce. Yeah, safe. If a serendipitous uh, swoop to the hoop with the uh sartorial, ah, Clyde, yes. with the sartorial splendor of Walt Clyde. Yes. Bounding and astounding. Bounding yes. yes, we are bounding and astounding on these picks. Yes. Hooping and duping, I believe is another uh yes. Uh, dishing and swishing. Thing. Yes, dishing and swishing. <laughs> you want to go back and forth the Clyde Clyde references. <laughs> Clydeisms. Clydeisms. <laughs> so anyway, uh Clyde is not a soccer commentator so we will not do that, but that's okay. He's a basketball. Uh, but we got Chelsea minus 150 against Aston Villa at home at Stamford Bridge at 1230 Eastern. Bet the tie as well, plus 295. So that is our that is our next pick. Uh, the pick that is going to come, this next one will be on Sunday, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. West Ham United, West Ham United at home against Southampton. Give me West Ham United on the three-way line, minus 132, along with the tie or the hedge at plus 290. Okay, that's it there. Now we're going to move over to the Serie A, also at 9 a.m. Eastern. Monza at home against Lazio. Let me get the exact. I gotta. I gotta switch my app here to a different league here, folks. This is a little coordination required for this uh, situation. But uh, again, this is where more screens are needed. Yes, Monza. Exactly, Monza and Lazio. Give me, give me Lazio. The visiting Lazio plus one ten. Get plus money here, folks. Plus one ten on the three way line, and then plus two forty. Plus two forty on the tie. Another Serie A play on Sunday morning. Or Sunday, I guess, afternoon. 2.45 Eastern time uh, is the nightcap in the Serie A fixtures for Sunday. We are going to take Napoli, the leaders of the table, up by 17 points over second place Inter Milan. Minus 134 against AC Milan. So Napoli at home over AC Milan on the three-way line. Plus 280. Plus 280 on the hedge for the tie. And then we have two more games here, folks. Two more, two more. Yes, two more games. Uh, next game is going to be also in Serie A, but this will be Monday, 
at 2.45 Eastern time. It is the nightcap on Monday, the, the second game of the doubleheader on Monday in the Serie A. Sassuolo, Sassuolo at home against Chirino. We are going to take a total here, first total of the week. We're going to take under two and a half goals, minus 115 with a hedge on exactly three at approximately plus 300. And then our final bet of the week is going to be on April 5th, Wednesday, April 5th. Also, uh, going back to the Premier League, get the exact odds here. Oh, we cannot give this one. It does not meet the criteria of minus 150. So we're going to have to settle for six. Those are our six picks. Six so, picks. Six picks. Okay. So just to recap here, we have got Brighton minus 150 against Brentford on the three-way line, plus 325 on the hedge. We have got Chelsea against Aston Villa. Chelsea on the three-way line, minus 150, plus 295 on the hedge on the tie. We have got uh, Newcastle, not Newcastle. We got West Ham minus 132 against Southampton on Sunday at 9 a.m., uh, plus 290 on the hedge on the tie. And then we are going to go to the um, Serie A. We have, go back to the Serie A. Serie A, we have Lazio also on Sunday, plus 110 on the three-way line, plus 240 on the the hedge. Lazio against Monza, Lazio. And then the final one is going to be the under on Sassuolo and Torino under two and a half goals, minus 115. And that will wrap it up for your soccer talk. Six, Six plays for you here on soccer talk. This week, and we will review next week. See how we do. Very good, very good. All right, perfect, perfect. All right, thank you. Uh, now I have to give a play. Oh, yes, you do have geez. to give a play. How, how do I? How do I follow that? Up? You do have to give a play, sir. The way it goes. Do we remember what my play was last time? Did, did I don't. We... I I honestly know. Okay, so it's probably a loss. Probably zero and two. I I don't remember who if you won or lost. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even tell you the play. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I gave a play. So uh, not last time. I think it was two podcasts ago. You gave a play. okay. So that one I did lose. So all right. So zero and one on plays. Okay, that's right. Okay, so whew, here we go. Much a way to pick by me. <laughs> um, folks, 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 fade this. Don't tail it. Fade it. Don't. Tell it. Fade it, don't tell it, he says. Okay. Now now I want to actually pick a good pick. I was just I, <laughs> I oh, all right. I'm gonna give it anyways. I hate to do this. I'm gonna give a soccer over. Wow, game day, Greg, giving it over. All right. Over? Step it out. Oh, man Manchester City versus uh, Liverpool. Okay. We what? are looking like over three and a half plus 160. Wow. Okay. So there will be a, a lot of scoring, a lot of action in the Man City so, Liverpool game there. I believe that's on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So, four out of the past five matchups between the two, uh, all happened in 22, by the way, 2022, right. have gone over four. So, oh. four of the last five matchups. 
That's new. actually Saturday at 7.30 a.m., folks, Eastern time. So if you want to watch that, you got to wake up bright and early for that, especially if you're on the West Coast like some of us. This is going to be a – I'm going to pick and forget. Pick and forget. Uh, pick and forget. So over three and a half plus 160. Okay. Over three and a half plus 160. And which one of my picks do I want to uh, – is your best most bet? confident. Yeah. Which one? I am going to go <laughs> with. I am going to go with. This is perfect podcast talk. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. These are, I don't this love is... more. I, I got a couple good ones. All right. I am going to go with Napoli minus 134 on the three line against AC Milan. Napoli minus 134 on the three-way Best team in Serie A. I think all year they've only lost two games. I think they've only lost or drawn a total of five or six the whole season. And AC Milan is a very is is very poor. There is a substantial difference between AC Milan at home and the San Siro and then on, at, away on the road. So I am mm. going to go with Napoli minus 134, minus 134 three-way line. Napoli minus one thirty four three line. Okay, all right. Well, folks, what do you want to do? You want to win or you want value? I think is the question oh, here. Oh, uh, the value, yeah. You want to win or you want value? Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to win, I, I would say go with Benny Buckets. But if you want value, you say you bet value. You can just say uh, right bet wrong day. Go ahead and uh, take my side there. So right bet wrong day. All right. Well, yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right, buddy. Have anything else you want to close out the show? I think that's pretty much all I got. Uh, didn't you have a segment for the soccer talk here? Oh, the, shoot. That's you know. right. Uh, well, <laughs> I wanted it to be all I got. Uh, but, right. I, yeah, apparently uh, people want me to do a segment as well. Yeah. All right. Greg's so- gripes and uh, other assorted soccer. No, no. Scenarios. I don't have a different gripe this week because my did gripe you, is Did you get soccer. in touch? Did you get – well, let me ask you a question. Did you get in touch with the U.S. soccer federation? We have – we have uh, put out feelers. We have not – we have not heard back. We we have not. What does heard... that entail, feelers? Can you can you be more specific for us, please? Um, we have you sent a notarized letter. Have you sent a return receipt package that you uh, signature verified? Have you emailed? No notarized or... letter. No okay. no official okay. emails. No uh, exchanging of phone numbers or anything like that. Just a few few messages uh, through a social media platform. Ah. Asking uh, what the process is to uh, get the rules changed or to uh, to bring up the conversation of having a rule change. I have not heard that. And there has not been any response. There has not been any responses. It it was crafted uh, a lot better than that. However, um, yeah, I have not heard a response. How long ago did you did you put out these feelers on said social media platform? When did we record last week? What what day was that? Uh, Thursday. I put it about Friday then. I put them out the day after. So okay. uh, they, they did not, unfortunately, take the time over the weekend to respond to me. So uh, we'll keep you updated, folks. This is going to be a slow one. This isn't going to be a... Uh, a notarized letter may be necessary to uh, get uh, somebody to actually open it. There's got to be a lot that happened before even a thought of a notarized letter. Like, for example, who to get in contact with. Uh, that's or, <laughs> or what the letter contains or all that. Yes. So, uh, yes. All right. So what do you want me to do for soccer talk? Actually, I got an idea. I was looking through some fun soccer things to talk about, and I came across 
this uh, soccer. We could do some soccer drinking games. Uh, some do- soccer drinking game ideas. Now, folks, if that drink is a apple juice or a Coke or anything like that, that is perfectly okay. It does not have to be of the alcoholic sorts. Um, but you certainly. It would be less to- fun if it was not of the alcoholic sort. I would imagine. But that's well, okay. they're already doing something less fun. Watch soccer. So. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, let's spice it up uh, a little bit. Let's uh, yeah, some, because uh, because watching a white ball, you know, four hundred feet in the air, well, you know, ninety five percent of the people can't even see it. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, real, real, real clamor. A lot of clamor. A lot of clamoring for that type of entertainment. Listen, we we we're beating a dead horse. I, I hit a ball. I go, oh, where is it? I can't see. It. Well, let me go find it. Let me take ten minutes to find it in the brush. They do eventually put it in the hole, though. So that's uh, I'll, I'll keep going back to that. That's, there are just some times where they never put it in the net. So I can only imagine how frustrating. Imagine them just hitting that white ball, little white ball around in the same hole 700 times. They never actually get it in the hole. They just hit it around 700 times. That's that's <laughs> uh, there. There are jokes to be made there, but I am going to refrain because this is a family show. There you go. Perfect. All right. Getting back to the family show <laughs> soccer drinking game. <laughs> uh, the I first... don't know if talking about drinking games is so much in te- keeping with a family show. Again, apple juice, Coke, uh, whatever your drink of choice. My, my favorite is goal kick roulette. So over the course of a soccer game, there are a lot of goal kicks taken, whether they would be short or long. But a goal kick is just that, a goal kick. Uh, so this game is best played as a game within a game. Um especially with long goal kicks. So the fun side of this drinking game is that there are no sides. When a goalkeeper takes a long goal kick, all players must drink the total amount of headers the ball takes before it touches the ground. Uh, Now this, uh, we do have to give credit where credit is due. This is from drinkdrinkdrunkthegame.com. That's a pretty cool website, (laughs) drinkdrinkdrunkthegame.com. I would make a little amendment to this uh, and tell me what you think, Buckets. I think... (laughs) I think it should be from the time the ball leaves the goalkeeper's foot until the time the ball touches the ground. That's how long you should drink. But a lot longer period of time um, as opposed to the amount of headers it takes off a goal. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. I mean, that's like hang time. That's like a punch right. in football, like with the hang time. Uh, and however many seconds, like you can do that in football, right? With hang time on punts. Uh, yep. How many seconds yep. is how long you have to drink for in the, 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 in the Super Bowl? It's one of those Super Bowl uh, drinking games. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't mind it. I mean, because generally there could be no headers, there could be one header, there could be two headers. Generally, there's not more than two headers. Usually, when there's a third header, there's a foul. If somebody is fouled, and they. Oh, that's where the a, cards come out. That's where the cards come be, out. There could be a card branded, not generally on headers off a free kick of their cards brandished, but there could be a foul and a free kick forthcoming that would put an end to said uh to said goal kick heading uh heading activities. So um perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yes. This is a way more conversation I want to talk about. Yeah, okay. Uh <laughs> that 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 just sounds like a fun game. Now, mm-hmm. another one is drunk defenders. Or, in this case, Apple Juice Drunk Defenders. How to play. Uh, To play a game of Drunk Defenders, players split into two teams in support of the teams playing. Whenever the team you support is in possession of the ball and makes a back pass or a defensive pass, you drink. You can make up your own rules on what you deem a defensive pass. Now, this game, I can get behind because there are a lot of back passes. There are a lot of defensive passes, and there would be a lot of of drinking, I, I would think. Right, buckets. I mean, what would you say the percentage of the game is 
the ball going backwards as opposed to forwards? Um, less than you think, or less than you less than you're describing. It is a part of the game, but it's possession, right? Possession is possession is nine tenths of the law. That is the that is the colloquial term in, in American jurisprudence and the justice system. So the same applies in soccer. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Obviously, a very different type of possession that we were talking about in that particular case. But uh, you know, uh, the idea is to try. Now, I have noticed some games where uh, the possession will be like sixty five percent for one team and thirty five for the other, and the team that has sixty five percent loses sixty five percent of the ball. But generally speaking, you cannot score unless you. Well, not generally. You cannot. Not generally speaking, you cannot score. <laughs> unless you are possessing the ball. So it's not a bad idea That's to keep right. as long as possession <laughs> that is. because it's impossible to score without without possessing the ball. So <laughs> so that, that may be why with the back passing you, you continue. It's better to back pass the ball than to turn over the ball. So uh, that may be uh, part of the prospect here. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember what the initial question was, to be honest. No, I learned right. something oh, you, new. You were... I, I learned that you have to possess the ball to score the ball. That's uh... – <laughs> I understand that. However, the ball has to be moving forward instead of backwards in order to score. That is true too. That is generally true too. If you want to, if you want to score in the goal, you have to be moving forward towards the goal, not away from it. That's right. uh, That's right. That's my favorite goalkeeper, Bazunu said. Bazunu, the Irish keeper there. Yes, the Irish keeper. keeper What team does he play for if he's not on the Irish soccer team? I still don't know. I can look him Uh, up. Folks, (laughs) let us know. Bazunu, we need to know what team he plays for. It's my favorite goalie. Um, (laughs) Last last game here. Last game. Uh, Uh, Let's see here. Bazunu plays for Southampton. 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 For Bazunu. The Bazunu, Southampton. Southampton. Okay, the last game here. Is ref watch. This so, is a good one, folks. This is a good one. This is a good one. This soccer game drinking game pay, pays a little homage uh, to the guy who runs around for over an hour without getting a piece of the action. So, how do we play this? Players drink every time the referee gets screen time, as straightforward as they come. So, if the ref's on the screen, you are drinking. You're That's, imbibing. Uh, yes, if you're if the ref's on the screen, there is imbibing going on. Yeah. Now, any one of the four refs. Right there, there. Now, where do the refs stand on the pitch? I, I guess do, they, do they follow get the play. Quadrants no, the... The, the no. So the so the so the assistant referees stand on the outside. They follow the play with their with the offside flag, but they are following the play. They don't just stand in one spot. They have to run up and down. Like NBA field. refs and NHL refs. Yeah, sure. exactly. okay. yeah, okay. similarly. And then the the referee is supposed to be really close to the ball, so he's actually on the pitch running with the players on the pitch following them because his main job is because the offside ref, the, the assistant referees are primarily responsible for the offside calls. The, the, the head referee or the main referee is responsible for any fouls that may occur, any handballs that occur, any, anything that happens within the field of play that's not offside or out of bounds related is the responsibility of the head or the main referee. Anything that's going on, uh, corner kicks generally, the, the head referee can also make a determination. So the head referee can rule on a corner kick or a goal kick, depending on who went what went last out, and they're they're they are the ultimate word on that. That is, they're they're the ultimate authority. However, the the assistant referee can make a determination as well. 
So it depends on the circumstance as to whether the assistant referee. <laughs> Sorry, folks. As the authority, as the authority, or the head referee. Now the fourth referee. Here we go. The the poor fourth referee. He is his only, his only pat task <laughs> is holding up the little numbers, and and he gets his first say on the uh, stoppage time, even though he can get overruled. <laughs> the fourth referee. You're learning. Well. You know. There you go. Look yes. Oh, he shows up to the pitch every day wondering <laughs> if his pick's going to be okay. The amount of stoppage time. <laughs> One of his two main priorities, he's, he has to wonder if he's made it all right. right. Now, if exactly. he gets second-guessed by a couple of minutes, that's a bad look, right? Correct. Like, Correct. But we never know what that fourth referee originally says, right? I'd like to know what the hit percentage is between what the fourth referee comes up with <laughs> and what the first referee comes up with. This may be, maybe that's, maybe you could write the U S federation. Soccer maybe federation we need to, yeah. Team. Yeah. We need to revise <laughs> this uh, strategy a little bit. I think we're chewing off a little bit more than we can, uh, or biting off a little bit more. We could chew with this uh, whole going up to the U S soccer federation. Yeah. I, I think we need to figure this out first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. What a way to end the show, folks. What a way to end the show. What a way to we, end the we, show. We always love doing this. Uh, yeah, this this never gets old. So we appreciate you guys listening, or if you just have us on the background, uh, we certainly appreciate that too. But I'm Game Day Greg alongside Buddy Buckets. We will see you for Episode 10 next week. All right. Take care.